hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast for May 17th. I'm Logan Finney. Joining me this week is Mike Whelan, publisher of 9B News in Boundary County to discuss the Boundary County Library Trustee elections. Mike, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you having me, thank you. So the Boundary County Library District was one of many districts across the state with trustees on the ballot this week. Um, can you tell me about the candidates who were up for those two seats in Boundary County and what the differences were between them? There were four candidates, probably the first time in, oh goodness, 10 or 15 years that we've had a contested library race. Um, but we had two positions available, zone three and zone five, and uh, both incumbents ran and they were both challenged. Um, the incumbents were Aaron Boacek and Lee Colson. And uh, Boacek faced a gentleman named Lewis Clark and uh, challenging Colson was Mary Esther Wilson. And um, uh, Boacek and Colson are both uh, from that lifetime members, but they've been here a long time. They fit into the community. Um, we've got kind of a strong uh, uh, readout group up here. Uh, people have come in and are trying to make us what they envision as correct. And uh, Clark and Wilson were uh, along those. They ran advertisements. Uh, as the godly candidates, their focus was getting porn out of the library. Um, and uh, the other two, have, they were both incumbents, so they have gone through the process. When people started talking about um, porn in the library, it was just an issue that came up a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe a year ago even. But uh, they went through, they redid the uh, policy on um, uh, uh, what they can accept into the library as far as uh, pornography and stuff like that. We've never had pornography in the library. Nobody's, there's four books now being considered through the process that the library has to where um, if somebody thinks there's porn in the library, you fill out a form, hand it in, the trustees read the books and we've got a meeting coming up tomorrow night to consider the first three that have ever been filed in Boundary County. So uh, that's on the agenda for tomorrow night. And then there's a fourth one, um, and I can't remember the names right off the top of my head, but that one, the uh, board members are reading right now, and then they'll make a decision whether to keep it, uh, take it off the shelves, or move it to a different part of the library. So. People are starting to use the process now. It's been in place forever, but uh, nobody's ever used it before until now. So it's it's something new for the library. And I spent some time up there in Bonners Ferry um, last fall in September of 2022. I spoke with Kimber Glidden, who is the now former director up there. Um, when I talked to her, she had announced her resignation and was just about to leave. Um, Let's listen to part of that story package from our April 7th episode of Idaho Reports. Our board of trustees received from a member of the community a list that contained about 400 books that had been being passed around the entire state of Idaho and wanting to make sure that none of those books ended up in our library. 
Some of those books included well-known titles like genderqueer and sex is a funny word. We don't have any of the books on that, that list, but on that list is even a book of who was Frederick Douglass. So all of the books on that list are either LBGTQ plus themed, critical race theory, or Black Lives Matter. Libraries already have collection policies in place that help guide them on which books to add to their shelves. It's very important to note that we don't have these titles in our collection. We don't have any intention of adding, I mean, I would add who is Frederick Douglass without even a hesitation, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, that's a great series of books. But, um, you know, some of the, the, the more controversial books, and it is just because we are a conservative community, and I try to be sensitive to what is going to be read here. We have a limited budget and we have limited shelf space. So there's also that fiduciary responsibility. If I get a book in that's going to sit there, it comes out of our budget and it takes up our shelf and nobody's going to read it. With that in mind, what has happened since late 2022? Have there been any major updates as far as the day-to-day -day operation of the library? They, they're, most of the library staff had quit along with Timber. Um, a few state, and I, I'm having a, a mental block right now. We did get a new director. Um, she was a volunteer and she worked there. She's been with the library for over 20 years and she stayed after Kimber left. And they just, uh, about two months ago, named her as the new director. Um, but the board has taken a, a much more active role in the day-to-day -day operation. So she has the board to work with. You know, it used to be the board was kind of hands-off and uh, let the director run things. And they found out they can't do that. So that's another, um, advance that the board has made. And when I talked with the former director, um, she said that the, the issues in the community kind of arose when she said that she would be willing to get certain materials on interlibrary loan for patrons. Um, the way she portrayed it was it wasn't even library materials in Bonner's Ferry that people were um, upset about. Is that the same type of criticism that the challenge candidates were making against the incumbents? Were they criticizing the library's existing policies and content? Um, with the new uh, policy written, um, the uh, main complaint that uh, Mary Esther Wilson had was uh, Lee Colson had appeared on CNN when the brouhaha was going on. And he echoed Kimber's uh, assessment that if people want a book, if it's on in the library program, we're going to bring it in. Um, and the uh, right wing uh, took uh, umbrage with that and uh, considered that that he was promoting pornography and uh, a pedophile wanting to groom and the, the whole nine yards. Um, and we're still getting that. I picked up a, a note on uh, my post yesterday about the library, about them winning. And I'm getting posts. There's, we're bringing back a pedophile and, you know, just making baseless uh, allegations like that. And it, it's people still believe it. So 
Um, that is still going on. Library trustee races, like a lot of these local taxing board districts, those are nonpartisan races nominally. Um, is that how the campaigns went? Was this a pretty nonpartisan race? Were there local political players involved supporting one side or the other? Um, the Mount Hall Community Church held a, uh, a candidates forum for um, Clark and Wilson uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, a group, a new group that recently formed um, 9B strong because our license plates are 9B. Um, they backed uh, the incumbents, Boacek and Colson. So yeah, the, I don't know if you call it the old traditional townspeople uh, versus the newcomers would be a good way to put it, but that's pretty much the way it came down. Of course, library materials and um, their appropriateness for children came up a lot during our legislative session in Boise. Uh, the governor vetoed a bill that would have allowed patrons to sue libraries if uh, children accessed inappropriate materials in the library. Uh, did that issue come up during the campaigning? Were there references to that legislation and what was happening at the state level? Um, the, the group, the, the challengers brought that up. They, they decried that uh, um, the governor overruled it. So yeah, they, they were in favor of it. Um, the incumbents, I never heard them mention it. And so now that the results have come in, um, Bokajek and Colson, the two incumbents, have kept their seats. Um, Clark and Wilson were unsuccessful in their challenges. Um, what do you think is next for the library as far as um, next steps addressing this controversy with those existing board members keeping their seats? I, I think the board is going to keep hewing the path they've uh, set down. Um, we've still got a group, and it's a good thing that uh, attends the meetings and uh, tries to do their best to, uh, you know, protect the children, I guess, but, you know, they, they have that right. That's their absolute right to be there. Um, and I think they're starting to calm down a little bit. I think it might be resolving somewhat because the uh, people have been screaming the loudest. I think this was kind of a vindication for the incumbents and for the people that have, you know, run the library forever, uh, that they've actually been doing a good job and you know, it's not as bad as people think. There's, you know, a, a lot of bad information going around and it's, it's not local, it's not statewide, it's national. Uh, the last book that was um, challenged, um, the woman came, went into the library half an hour before a meeting, walked to the shelf, pulled it off. She had a uh, nationally distributed list of books that had the page number and what the nasty parts were. So she was able to take the book off the shelf, go to the meeting. She'd never read the book. She just went to the page and read it out of what was on that page. So it's, it's people all over the country that are uh, working together to try to uh, stir up and create problems with the local libraries and things like that. So it's, hopefully it's gonna be settling down. 
Well, as we look to 2024 and the next legislative session, we've heard from lawmakers that they are likely going to try some sort of library bill again. Um, of course, with the governor's veto, it won't be exactly what they tried this year. Do you think that some sort of guidance from the state level down to the locals about these types of materials, do you think that would help address the controversy or just put more fuel on the fire? I think if just put more fuel on the fire, it would, uh, you know, these, these are made up issues, the, the woke issues, I call them. Um, the stuff that uh, the radical right is, uh, they're make, creating monsters where none are and uh, hopefully that'll die down because it's they're getting defeated on every time they uh, it goes to court or something like that they're getting turned down so you know it's a futile effort on their behalf but uh it's certainly disruptive right now one final question for you here mike um the Panhandle as a whole, the five northern counties are a very conservative area. Um, up there in Boundary County at the northern border, the incumbent trustees fended off those challenges and kept their seats. But just south of you guys in Kootenai County, the community library network there, um, with similar issues, similar campaigning and campaign rhetoric, uh, the challengers ousted the incumbents and that more conservative, more concerned with issues like pornography, um, those candidates took the seats. Why do you think in somewhere like Kootenai County, those candidates were successful, but they weren't up in Boundary County? In Kootenai County, the, uh, the Kootenai County Republican Central Committee has pretty much been rad radicalized. Same in Bonner County. Um, they are both now, they're trying to see who can outwoke the the woke, you know, that's crazy. Here in Boundary County, the Republican Central Committee has not followed that along that line at all. They've stood their ground. They've stood for traditional Republican candidates. Their idea of conservative isn't uh, to be the most radical you can be. It's to be common sense conservative. That's the way this place has always been. And, uh, you know, I think that does a lot. Uh, when you've got an organization that is pushing for the radical side, you're going to see more uh, radicalization. I, I think we're fortunate up here that we don't have that. So, All right. We'll have links to some of your posts about the library election and book challenge process at 9b.news. Mike Whelan, publisher of 9b News, based in Bonners Ferry, Idaho. Thanks so much for your time this week. Thank you, Logan. Appreciate it. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go. While you're walking, around the house, 
or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. And remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.